Hey everybody, you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world, Whereabouts Failure, brought to you by P2E Studios. Rebrand the sport, or for runners just looking to enter the witness protection program. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I'm joined by Mike Gendron, somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I have just barely, barely recovered from what happened to us last week. I've had a, a hand up. I've had many sleepless, sleepless nights over the past week. I, I can't even like. I, we laughed it off a little bit on the way out of. Last week's, I put in air quotes, recording. But I was like, we hang up that Zoom, and I just like sat there for like 15 minutes. Because here's the thing. Well, I, well, I guess before I go into my rant here, for, uh, you know, the, the listeners, we did an hour and a half recording. And honest to God, it was like one of my favorite podcasts we've done in months. We were just on fire. It was all three of us there. And it just felt like a classic episode. Everything was just smooth. It just felt so good. And literally, as we were going into the Bell app, I went to you. It was like you said something or like had some kind of reaction that I was like, oh, man, I like can't wait to clip that like footage. <laughs> and then it instantly hit me that we just did 90 minutes for nobody, just for the three of us. The record button was never pressed. And what, what I was going to say was like, you know, we've had that happen to us like once or twice or whatever, and it always sucks. But especially like for me and you now, Steve, where every hour of our life is so valuable and we don't have time to waste just watching, just knowing that those 90 minutes were for absolutely nothing was devastating and heartbreaking. <laughs> Well, so I have a couple of thoughts and there's been times in the past where, you know, we probably would have realized it and it said, okay, buckle up boys. We got a long night ahead of us. We're running it back, but it was so devastating. And, you know, you, and to give them an hour and a half of your day now is just, it's, it's so impossible where it's just like, we all, we all just like stare at each other and it's like, well, I have to get off this. Like we can't, we can't do it again. It but was like midnight. I, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there it, there was a time where we would have run it back. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but, you know, I, I want to apologize to the longtime Two Crew listeners because that was a classic, classic so, episode oh God, that will so just good. never exist ever in the podcast world. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a good well, episode. And, and we almost... Trust- we almost came back and like tried to re-record it the next day, but I sent a text and it was just like, whatever we do will be completely disingenuous and forced because we'll be trying to like regurgitate the same jokes we just made. And just like, it wouldn't have felt, it would have been terrible. Like yeah, it would have been we would have been trying to recreate the magic that was there. So we, I, I just like, I in good faith could not try and do that and recreate it. I will say though, it was fun to have the have the gang. You know, if we if we were to take anything from it, we had an sure. hour and a half of the gang back together. And That's to fair. just to the two crew know that, you know, there was 
there was some some laughs had and we wish that the rest of the two crew could partake in it but unfortunately things happen technology comes back to bite you in the ass every once in a while so that it is what it is but uh we're 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 bouncing back this week we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we talked about last week so we're hopefully it's not all going to be gone but um you know <laughs> we got to start off with the obvious our boy trent isn't here he's not at the house of meg he's uh He's in Jamaica and we joke about this, but I mean, this is like a running joke on the podcast, but there's nobody in my life that goes on more vacations than Trent Fontana. It's true. I don't know how he does it. I I don't know how he does this. And also like, even like, forget about the vacation part of it. It's like, there's nobody in my life who on any given week, I can send a text message and it wouldn't shock me that he is anywhere in the world. Like we talked to him the week before and never once did he mention yeah. that he was going yeah. to Jamaica. Like how, how do how does that not one time come up? Especially I, knowing going, that like, when I'm going away for a long weekend, I'm prepping everybody in my life for six weeks leading up to that day. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just like, just so you know, I'm going to be in New Hampshire for three days. So it might be, you might have a hard time getting in touch with me. It, I guess I wouldn't put it past. I'm like, it's, it is possible that it was a complete spur of the moment thing. And like he left with 24 hours notice that is possible, but it's just outrageous that when we were trying to schedule recording this week, he dropped it. Hey guys, I'm in Jamaica. Like what? It's unbelievable. And, and, and the other thing is like, yeah, I mean, as like as like upset as I was, I was like, God, this guy goes on so many vacations. It didn't even phase me. It's like, of course, Trent's in vacation. Of, of, of course, Trent is in is in a tropical location. Of course, he's in Jamaica. You know, drinking a mai tai and and listening to reggae music. Well, I hope he's enjoying himself. I, I hope you're having a great time out there, Trentleton. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, listen, Mike. There's. And we're going to get into it. We're going to break down some of the races that have been going on. But like in terms of like the point we're at in the track and field calendar, there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. and um, which is good and it's good for the sport. But I want to apologize to the two. I want to apologize to like the diehard running fans that we have on the podcast. We've made this clear from day one. The Celtics are in the NBA finals. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics and I'm sorry, but that takes we've said this from day 1. That takes precedent in my life. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I can't be present. I can't be tweeting about the NCAA track and field uh you know, uh, meet. I can't be I can't I can't be into every single race. I can't. I can't because you know, any 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 like free waking minutes I have, any free mental capacity I have at this point in my life is dedicated to the NBA finals. It's dedicated to uh, like how big of a loser Clay Thompson and how big oh, of a wimp Draymond Green is. It, 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 it's dedicated to, to Big Al having the most amount of playoff starts in the history of the NBA without an NBA finals start is is crazy it's dedicated to the celtics having a miserable first half of the season and then banding together as a team and gelling in this incredible way and being in two wins away from from you know uh an nba finals 
championships. It's dedicated to uh, uh, Ime Yudoka and how, like, what he has done with this team. It, it, I, I could go on and on and on. Like, every, like, I'm trying to fit track and field in. I really, really am. Like, I really, like, I care about the sport. And this is what this podcast is built around. But we've said it from day one that, you know, uh, you know, Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, and maybe some Bruins, it's probably going to take precedent in our lives over track and field. And I, I just, I, I want to apologize, but I can't because you knew what you were getting into with this podcast. 100%. And like 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time starts. I have to plan my entire week around yeah. 9 yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? It's like if I got to be up early one morning it's like all right well i gotta figure out every step of the way of what i'm doing before and after this game because i know i'm gonna be up till past midnight watching the celtics fully engaged probably need like an hour to go to sleep and like read every tweet and and you know scroll everything for an hour after so my entire week it's like the first thing i do you know on a monday it's like all right Let's find out what days the games are. We have a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday game. All right, how am I going to plan my week around around those three games? So, yeah, I, it's I'm going to read up on the track stuff. We're going to talk about some of it today. And to be honest, Steve, uh, it's a little sad because I feel like when when we first got into like the NCAA track stuff, the people that we grew up with and by grew up with i mean the last like three years doing this podcast are all out of college now so we have like a fresh yeah. crop of people yeah. that i gotta start learning i'm like watching <laughs> these races and scrolling these results and be like damn i gotta relearn an entire new crop of runners. so that doesn't make it easier um with that said kind of bring us full circle here steve and one thing that like as you were listing all of those different things that you need to focus on that i also realized Trent's in Jamaica during the NBA finals. Yeah. Like nobody, he's like one of the like biggest green teamers I know. Like he is a Celtics first guy. Like I, me and you, like Patriots, maybe Red Sox first. Trent is Celtics first. And he's I'd in say, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. He is Celtics first, yeah. 100%. And he's in Jamaica during the NBA finals that that's another shocking part of, of him being in Jamaica right now. Can we, can we talk about Trent and uh, what Super Bowl was it? Where oh my supposed, good was God. Super Bowl 49. It was greatest, Super Bowl 49. The, the greatest, greatest sport event. Yeah. So, of so, all time. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I apologize to my wife. Um, you know, <laughs> the Super Bowl 49 was maybe the greatest night of my life. Like, probably like like it doesn't get any better than that this is, this, and this Trent, is most people probably off the top of their head don't know like the numbers yeah, this this is malcolm butler seahawks like last minute reception seahawks didn't, line, yeah. They, yeah they didn't rush the ball they threw it malcolm butler picked it off insane finish yeah i was i was in seattle i was in seattle for work up until eight hours before kickoff thinking i was going to be stuck in seattle for the game took off landed in a snowstorm got it like i could we could do a whole episode on that just on that night it was like it was incredible but trent was supposed to watch that game with us but what did he do instead of watch the game with us Mike? so this is when Tr trent was on his like not that he's not always doing crazy things but 
he was on the stretcher. He would like work his ass off for a year. And I'm talking like three jobs, never go out, save every penny he makes. Like you just wouldn't see him. He was a hermit. All he would do is work. And then he would quit every single one of his jobs and go do something crazy like canoe the Mississippi or hike or, or go yeah, on like vacation, that, the Appalachian. Or, so like that was his cycle it was like work his butt off nonstop for a year or two. And then he would disappear for like six months, travel the world, come back. So that's what he was doing. So he was delivering pizzas the night of Super Bowl 49, <laughs> trying to trying to make some extra. I couldn't dough. believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Hey, listen, like Trent, Trent was, uh, you know, he, 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 he was, he was on your team in college and, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, we can, we can, I can pray. We're, we're shitting on Trent a lot, but I can give us a praise. Like right away, like hanging out with Trent, I was like, man, I like this guy. I like Mike's teammate. Like he is like a true blue fan. Like I can talk, I can talk Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics with him. Like he is my type of fan. And like when Mike brought him up, I was like, yeah, Trent's coming. This is going to be awesome. And then I was like, he's what? He's delivering pizzas. Are you kidding me? So yeah. But anyways, yeah, just, where, where was I going insane. with that? I forget where I was going with that. Um, I, I brought up him being in Jamaica for the NBA finals. I think that's how we got there. Uh, we were talking about the Celtics distracting us from watching track and fields. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much that's yeah. pretty much. Oh yeah, so it's like yeah, you know, he has a track record of disappearing for for uh, championships. And on that, Mike, um, you know, we're really we're really gonna piss off and alienate non Boston sports fans. But we'll, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on after this. Um, do you know what today is the anniversary of? It's the date June. Ninth, I'm gonna assume this is the anniversary of the Celtics championship in 2011. Close, I don't think so, but think further back than that. You probably won't get it, so I'll just I'll just okay. say it. it is the it is the date of uh Tom Brady physically receiving his first ever ring. Oh my God. I never would have gotten that. Yeah. So, so well, I, and, and, Steve, and, and, and I, I just, I just, can I just derail this right now before please, you go on your next, please. can I, I want to show you something real quick. You, you know, that like, uh, our, our uh, pro flow, like our, the number 27 is, is a very importance to the two of us. Yes. Can I, can I show you something real quick? I sent this to him. You saying this is an insane thing. Look at, so I was doing stuff at the DMV earlier today and they had to send you a verification code. Okay. Look at the verification code I got today. Whoa. Yeah. One. And I had no idea. So I, like, I had this, no this idea the significance of today. That's insane. Yeah. So can you, I mean, you're going to have to explain this is really bad podcasting. It is backboxing, but I could not not bring that up. So there's, I don't even know how we're gonna go. Like, those are two. So one ninety nine most important number. <laughs> yeah, one ninety nine is the the pick that Tom Brady was drafted. So for New England sports fans, the number one ninety nine is like a very important number, and we use it. It, it comes up, you know, whatever. It, but it's a very important number, and the number twenty seven is a very important number in my life. So not knowing the importance of Tom Brady's first ring received today, I got that verification code, instantly screenshot it, send it to to our buddy Profo being like, dude, one nine nine twenty seven. Like, 
that's a good sign. I, I think I just said like good vibes today or something like that. But now my mind is just blown. I mean, that's a good sign. I'm about to go bet every single cent I have on the Celtics. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, the, the direction I was going with this is 20 years ago today, Tom Brady received his first ever ring. And, and so did all of New England sports fans. We got our first ever ring today, 20 years ago. And I grew up, and I'm a little older than you, but I grew up as Boston is the place where people are super passionate, but they never, ever win anything. But Tom Brady receiving that ring 20 years ago today set, set a, 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 a change throughout an entire region to make us the greatest sports region in the entire world and it's just continuing with the celtics being two wins away from an nba finals championship i don't want to get ahead of myself because we still got to win those two games against a very tough opponent but man it is uh it is good to be a boston sports fan i don't know if tough is the word i would use at this point a very skilled opponent maybe tough tough feels tough feels like a, a strong way to describe them at this point it's the end of a dynasty they're rattled they are they are rattled that's what i mean mentally they don't they don't feel so tough right now so mike we we've been for most for i mean we're 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 a good chunk of the podcast has been very inside (laughs) baseball so far so i want to get to some of the stuff that we talked about on last week's disappeared podcast because we had some good conversations i had some important things because here's the thing mike i wasn't on the podcast two weeks ago and we were all on the podcast last week, and obviously it's it's in the internet for no one to ever hear. But you know, here's the thing: like listening to podcasts, it was a great episode with you with you and Trent. But I'm over here taking notes of things that I wanted oh, to man. come back on, and I wanted to talk about after the fact things that I may have agreed with, disagreed with, wanted to fight you, whatever. So. We what, what, a, about it once what, a, what, a, what a treat for me that I get to relive our graded podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, but so we're going to go through it, but I just want to start off by saying the, what is going on? Who, who's calling? Should we answer it on the podcast? Will it record if I answer it? Probably. Who is it? All right. Let's, we'll answer it. All right. Oh, hold on. Anyways, we'll see. Hold on. We'll answer it. Hold on. Who is it? That's my wife. Uh oh. This this could get off the rails quickly. Hey Mike, can you hear that? I can hear it. You can hear it? Can you hear Aaron? I can, yeah. Aaron, you're live on the podcast. Hi. What's going on? What's up, sis? You're live on the podcast. Any anything you want to say to the two crew? Uh go Celtics. There we go. Okay, we're going to end it on that. We're going to get back to the podcast. I love you. I will talk to you later. Oh, okay. Love you too, <laughs> All right. All right. So, so, so anyways, um, podcast with you and Trent. Great episode. And Trent's reveal of getting engaged was amazing. And I was, it was a early morning for me. I, uh, I had work up in Vermont, like super early. And it's like, a four hour drive. So I was on the road like four o'clock in the morning and uh, having that in my podcast queue ready to go was a nice little treat for me. I got to listen to it on the way up. I saved it for like an hour into my drive because I knew I was going to be like a little sleepy, a little groggy, kind of just, you know, 
wanted to like get like a little bit of coffee in me and just kind of get on the road and about five o'clock in the morning hit play and Trent's reveal. And I literally spit my coffee out all over my dashboard. It was an awesome reveal. I'm very happy for Trent. I'm very excited for him. Um, but what a way to reveal to the world that you got engaged. So Trent is, uh, is making big moves and, uh, you know, Thank God for Megan in his life. Thank, because that, thank God. That guy would be a mess without her. So, so I mean, can, I, can, with, with all like the him being in Jamaica one day and God knows where the next, that's with Megan in his life. Can you imagine what his life would look like without him? I mean, he would just be, yeah. we'd probably never hear from him. He'd probably just be like in a cabin in the middle of the woods with no internet and he'd be a mountain man. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's probably, you know, he's probably got a, you know, an umbrella drink, a boat drink in one hand right now, listening to this podcast. And so, you know, we're congratulating him. We're, we're saying that we're very happy for him. And, you know, that's probably where the praise is going to stop because <laughs> I was literally taking notes as I was driving. I had, I had uh, the notes app open or the, um, the voice, the voice memo app open on my oh, iphone good, and i was good, good, and I was good talking, correction there good correction yeah, you don't want to promote bad unsafe no, driving i was talking into my voice memo to remember stuff to talk about and i actually haven't so i talked i i, I said it into my voice memo i talked about it on the podcast and now two weeks later i'm i'm now looking at my notes and so let me see if somebody was could jog my memory about some of the stuff that i had to say um oh first thing and we don't need to spend a ton of time on this but mike uh, Mike was so floored by the announcement, he cut the podcast it, because he had to collect himself because he was so overwhelmed with emotion and he was happy for them and he had to like collect himself. Um, I am very angry at Mike for cutting the podcast. And I was saying that type of raw emotion is exactly the type of thing that our listeners want to hear. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I probably regret not uh, putting in the whole thing in, in the episode. I, uh, I think what I said before was like I I wanted to turn my attention to Megan and I had a lot of questions for Megan and uh I I decided that those were that was an off off the record um interrogation, I suppose. However, I did keep the recording rolling, so that that live raw motion is still out there. So maybe maybe it'll it'll emerge. I would like to, I would like to think of myself as a student of the podcasting game at this point. You know, we've been doing this for how many years now? I mean, we're, we're, we're over three. Yeah, definitely over three, over three. So we've been doing this for a while. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I, I, I try to like, you know, figure out like what makes podcasting podcast successful, like what people like to listen to, what they latch onto, like what builds a lot. I, I, I like to think of myself as a student of this game. And, um, you know, very rarely do you get the opportunity to express like raw, real emotion, because like, unfortunately, in this medium, a lot of that stuff has to be manufactured. And but when you get the opportunity to express raw emotion, you got to run with it. So I'm upset that you cut. So anyways, it is what it is. Trent, uh, in 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 back-to-back sentences he literally said something to the fact of like now that i am engaged I'm, i feel like a more responsible person somebody that's going to you know um you know answer the phone more like somebody because we give him a hard time but not answer the phone just like do the little things and then in the next sentence he talked about how he couldn't get the ring on time to propose 
So, um, so in back-to-back sentences, uh, Trent started talking about how he's going to be a different person because he's an engaged man now. And the next sentence, he talked about a classic Trent uh, uh, circumstance. So anyways, next thing. And we, <laughs> I feel bad because we talked about this at nauseum on the, the uh, non-existent podcast. But there's two things in my life that I will tell people always to spend a little extra on and just kind of go spend a couple extra bucks because the, the service you receive from it is going to outweigh what you pay tenfold. And, um, you know, I would like to think of myself as an elder statesman of two crew nation. Like I feel like most people that listen to this podcast might be a little bit younger than me. And they're about to go through some of the things that I have recently gone through in my life. And so when I tell people like, yeah, I would like to think that I'm in a position where I can give some advice to most of the two crew. Now that's not always the case. You know, there's many listeners my age and older, but I think the, when you really look at like our core audience it's probably a little bit younger than me. It's, it's skewed more toward Mike and Trent's age, if not a little bit younger. And so I tell people always spend a little bit more money on your local insurance agents, uh, insurance agency. Being able to pick up the phone and talk to a person, knowing the person that you're buying insurance from has helped me so many times throughout my life. And I've broken it down. I've looked at the numbers and I pay a little bit extra. I, you know, I pay a little bit more, not a ton more, but every single time I look at that number and I say, I gladly pay a little extra to have my insurance agent, like got my back on everything that happens, you know, home, auto, all this stuff. So I always pay a little extra for insurance. The other thing, always go to a local jeweler. Like when you're about to pot the question, you're about to buy that engagement ring. For most people, that is by far the biggest purchase of your life to that point. You need to look somebody in the eye. You need to talk to them. You need to get them advice. You need to, you need to have the trust of, of, of sitting down and working with somebody in person when you're about to make that purchase in my life. So, so, I, so shout out Charles Frederick in Chumpsford, Massachusetts. They helped me out quite a bit buying my ring, but they, you know, they walked me through the whole process. They, you know, and, and, in two days after, uh, you know, we, I, I proposed to my, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, um, she fell and she scuffed up the whole side of her ring. She brought in, they buffed it up. They cleaned it. They, they, they made sure it was in perfect condition, gave it back to her free of charge. Every time she's in the area, she, she stops in, they give her free cleaning just because they appreciate their they appreciate their business. And they want to take care of people that are supporting the local businesses businesses. And the other thing is they make sure that they get the ring when you need it on time, that sort of thing. So anyways. Steve, I think uh this is the point in the podcast where we're missing out on uh one of my favorite and you know, we'll never it it would just the timing of it and, and everything will never never be recreated but Trent's, Trent's response to you and when, when this criticism came up last time I believe was something whoa 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 Steve I I did trust the uh the local jeweler I used at craigslist.com or something, yeah. or something and then like he goes that. and then he goes he goes I I trusted the the local jeweler at craigslist.com and I get my insurance through Geico yeah so it was it was, it was very well timed but We'll, we'll never have that moment. That moment's gone forever. No, it's forever gone. But anyways, 
my advice to the two crew, the people that might be thinking about this decision in the not so distant future, people that are going to go through this, this process, go to your local jeweler. It's don't, don't go online. You don't want to buy jewelry from people online. I, especially for the biggest purchase of your life to that point. So that's, uh, that, that's kind of my, uh, my advice and kind of my notes. And so moving on from Trent in the proposal, I needed to touch on Tom Cruise. And you guys were throwing ah, a yes, lot of right. shade at Tom Cruise. And I, I made the declaration that Tom Cruise, and they, and they, you know, so there was this, I think the Harry wrote an article or is it the ESPN wrote an article talking about like Tom Cruise because he runs in a lot of movies. Like, is he actually a good runner? And you guys are throwing a lot of shade at Tom Cruise as a as a runner and this is all this is all kind of sparked from uh you know top gun 2 or the new top gun movie and i'm here to say that tom cruise would destroy mike in a 5k and there is no doubt in my mind that that could happen this guy and and, and, and we're talking we're talking maverick we're talking ethan hunt we're talking lieutenant daniel caffey here this guy is this guy lives to act. He, he, he embodies every single role that he's in. He cares about more about, about portraying like accurately the character he's playing the movie and, and mostly, you know, high powered action movies than anything else in his life. This guy learned how to fly a fighter for the new Top Gun movie. This guy would destroy Mike in a 5k. And I am not, I am not going to take any slander saying that Tom Cruise couldn't be a good runner if he wanted to be a good runner. So at this point, it's we're so far removed. I don't even remember what I I don't even remember what my takes were at Tom Cruise. So I, I, I highly remember, doubt, I, I highly doubt my takes ever had anything to do with me being able to beat Tom Cruise at this very moment of my life. I, I would be silly to, uh, to, to, to make that argument. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I agree with you. Well, we talked. I guess I think I agree with you. We talked a little Scientology. So yeah, I know. I, Scientology, I, uh, I, I remember. Uh, I, I was trying to remember exactly how I, how I worked that joke in. I was like, damn it, I don't remember how I how I, how I found a way. Again, that's what I'm talking about. That last episode was just so smooth. I mean, the, Scientolo- well, the, the, the Scientology joke, just like it just fit perfectly. I just, I couldn't find a way to get that puzzle piece. But the, the bottom line is the guy is an absolute lunatic and he could definitely be a great runner if he put his mind to it. And That's I think, true. I think, I think he, he is probably is a good runner as is right now without even putting his mind to it. The other I thing think- I remember, the other thing I remember is Trent said, I don't know who Maverick, Ethan Hunt or or uh Daniel Caffey. yeah yeah that was bad bad moment for him I, I think I do remember uh one point about that that I well I, I must have brought this up in the original topic but just that like the first distance running article I'd read on ESPN in like a year had to do with Tom Cruise running in movies which is like just a, again a reflection of of the state of the sport right is like <laughs> The only time ESPN wants to cover distance running is when it's uh, to make like a funny, goofy article about Tom Cruise running. So that's and then, that's and that. Then, and then my last note from the previous podcast that I needed to touch on, and <laughs> this this got a little heated in the in the in the last episode, but the the uh, Cole Hawker Cooper tier ball washing that went on uh, made mm-hmm. me want to 
puke. Like it, it, like I'm not here to like maintain the balance and maintain the direction and the mindset of this podcast. The second I'm gone, it's like, oh, oh yeah, we're like every other running media outlet where we have to kiss the ass of every runner is halfway decent. Yeah. So listen, we all pride ourselves on being genuine and you know speaking our mind and what we believe and as i've said once i'll say it again i'll say it many times before i am not a fan of cooper tier and kohawk you wouldn't, you wouldn't and, know that and, from listening hold to the on in the vibe in the vibe that surrounds it and the let's run you know kind of just like uh, like you said ball washing but I liked what he did on the Instagram and I'm not going to sit here and just because I've had takes about Cooper tier, I'm not going to manufacture takes about Cooper tier. I'm not going to mix them up just to fit my narrative. I'm coming on here and I speak my mind and listen, I kind of liked the Instagram post. I thought it was funny. So what? Remind the people what he did. He, uh, before racing, uh, Jakob, he made, a post, you know, with them standing on a start line together, basically saying like, oh, you know, something like, you know, the rivalry continues or something like that. Making a joke, make, you know, being self-aware and making a joke that him and Jakob are like bitter rivals when he knows that Jakob, you can't really have a rivalry when Jakob's the, you know, the best middle distance runner in the world and he's a up and comer. So he knows it. He was being self-aware and I thought it was funny. That in itself is so lame. That in itself is so because I don't think that's funny. Like, I don't think that's cute. Like, he's like, he's admitting, he's like, I don't belong on the same track as you, and I'm going to make a joke about it, right? So, like, he, he he's admitting that he doesn't have the fire to, like, to even, like, imagine himself, like, going after Jakob. But at the same time, he's like, he's going to, like, do this, like, cutesy little Instagram post, and everybody's going to kiss his ass over. It's like, no, like, I'm sorry, like, that's you're not going to get points from me for doing that. Steve, you know, as well as anybody that athletes in this sport do not make a lot of money. And the way that they do make money is to keep themselves relevant. Fast times on the track are only going to get you so far by keeping yourself in the news, keeping yourself in the media and making yourself uh, relevant and uh, kind of a firecracker and, and, uh, is that making yourself a firecracker? I feel like I feel like I feel but, like that's I feel I like mean we're sitting here talking. Oh, no, about no, no. It. I feel like that's rolling over and letting Jakob pet your belly. I don't think that's being a firecracker. I mean, what's he gonna say? You want him to say, like, oh, I'm gonna kick the shit out of Jakob? Like we're talking about the best in the world. Like the the best in the world. And I think I think it was kind of funny. But my point is my point is, Mike, is like we've made a stance like in terms of like who we're fans of and who we're not fans of. And like this, this post is where you say, Oh yeah. But, I kind of like it. No, no, this is, but see, this is, but see, this is the thing that's going to make me a fan of this guy. Are you no, kidding see, me? That's, Are you that's, kidding me? Like that's where you're misunderstanding. I think you can not be a fan of something and still get a chuck out of something you do. Nothing about this. Post. I didn't get chucked. I didn't even. No, I didn't no, no, nothing about no, nothing about this post made me say, "Oh, now I'm a huge Cooper Tier fan. I'm gonna have to get his 
Oregon poster and, you know, put it on my dorm room wall. No, I just listen. I hate Alex Rodriguez with a burning passion. Has he ever done anything that I was like, oh, like, man, that was kind of like, funny. That thing. was kind of funny. Like, you know, what I mean, oh, man, like I, I kind of got to put no, my weapon that's down. Bullshit. No, no, I'm going to stop you. That's bullshit. Because if, 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 if when he was in, let's say in 2004, when he was on when he was on the Yankees and we, it was the height of Red Sox Yankee rivalry was higher than ever was. If he did something a little cutesy, a little bit funny, all of Boston, including you, would be like, Fuck this guy. I hate Alex Rodriguez. It wouldn't be like, oh, I'm starting to come around to him. I'm going to go put on pinstripes and sing New York, New York, and, you know, and, 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 and go cheer for a team that plays in a, in a, in a, in a stadium with, with ridiculously shaped dimensions and, and, and shove my 27 rings <laughs> down your throat, even though 99% of those rings were, were happened before I was even born. Is that what you're going to do? Now, so Alex Rodriguez is probably a bad example because Alex Rodriguez plays for the rival team. And this is another thing we talked about was at the end of the day, you cannot like people who are on your team. But at the end of the day, this guy is going to be strapping on USA in international competition in Olympics. And so you cannot like him. But it's not like he's playing for the Yankees. He's paying. He's playing for our team. This was your argument last week, and the and, and and I guess like I thought a little bit about this, and my response to that is most of our fandom and most of our like like watching of this sport happens like within the United States. So like, yeah, I get it. Like at the end, like the people we're rooting for people we're rooting against are going to have to put on the USA singles, but it's a little different than most sports where like, like our battles happen at a lower level. And I'm okay with that. Right. Like I'm okay with like our fandom happening at other levels, but it doesn't mean that like our fandom should change that much from other sports, just because they're all going to have to put on a USA singlet at some point. Well, I mean, the difference to other sports is, Unless you're going to get super behind a club team, unless you're like a diehard Bowerman track club fan or something like that. That's really the only team atmosphere we have. But I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Like, I feel like you can get behind, you can get behind athletes in the sport, but like, if it's like the Ryder Cup, like, like, hold on, hold on. on. But my, my point is, is if, like if if we're just gonna automatically like discredit those rivalries and who are fans of and who are not fans of just because like they all have a shot at the same Olympic team, then this this sport doesn't stand a chance. We've right. said it from day one. We've said it. We've said it from day one that like intense fandom is the thing that will grow the sport, and it's the it it, it honestly like it's it's the only shot the sport has. It's the only shot most sports have is like rabid fandom. But if you're just going to say like rabid fandom is all going to be discredit and, and a part of rabid fandom is having people you care about and people you dislike. And if you're saying that at the end of the day, they're all going to have to put on the same singlet. So it doesn't matter. Then you're discrediting in our opinion. It, you're, you're, you're completely washing away our opinion on the sport. And really the sport has no chance to grow. If you can't embrace like rabid fandom as it should happen. I don't disagree with that, but. I mean, we've said how many times have we said in this podcast, like at the end of the day, when you put on Team USA, like that's our that's our team, that's our squad, that's who we're rooting for. But, and but look, 
rabid fandom to me it's like it's hard to be rabid fans like we have our guys and we have our guys we like and guys we don't like but how can you be a rabid fan without a team to root for well i think i think that this is a very individualized sport in terms of like who you you cheer for the athletes more so than the team because i said it last episode i'm going to say it again um we'll say uh uh uh, uh cole hawker Cooper tier. We'll, we'll just, we'll just go Cole Hawker because it makes, it makes my, it, it makes it a better, it makes it a better hypothetical Cole Hawker, Ollie whore and, um, and Josh Kerr coming down the straightaway at the Olympics where you where, where USA fans, but for a second, are you cheer, cheering for Cole Hawker for over either Ollie whore or Josh Kerr? I'm not. There's not a chance. Like I am cheering for our guys over the USA singlet. Sure. 10 out of 10 times. Sure. And that's fair. But like, I don't know. I think about um, like in golf, like a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, right? Who is a pretty polarizing guy in the sport. You love him or you hate him. And if you hate Bryson DeChambeau, when it gets to the Ryder Cup, if he's on the Ryder Cup team and you're cheering for Team USA and you're betting on Team USA, are you not? Like, I think what are you going to do in that? I situation? think the Ryder cup is super manufactured. I can't get behind the Ryder cup. The Ryder cup is like, I, 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 I get where you're going with this. I hate the now, but like, to my point, like I sit down and I watch the Ryder cup and I want to get behind USA. But at the end of the day, I just end up rooting for the golfers. I like, and the golfers, I don't like, I don't, I just, I'm well, not, I, I feel like, I just feel like the Ryder cup thing is manufactured because the, it's a fun thing that the golfers do, but you can't tell me that any of them would rather win the Ryder cup over a major. You, oh, you can for sure tell not. me that yeah. any of them would want to win the Ryder cup over just an, a big tournament. Like, right. It, it's like, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not a fair comparison. Well, are you, are you familiar with the LIV golf thing going on right now? A little bit. So it actually made me think about, kind of what we're related somewhat to what we're talking about basically this new liv golf is has emerged and let's forget about like the saudi arabia stuff for now like i'm not not i don't want to get into that i don't care about you know that's not yeah we're not here to talk about that but just the concept of it right so basically they've pulled a bunch of these pro golfers from pga they've renounced their um memberships with the pga so they're like literally not affiliated with the pga anymore and we're not talking like small governing body it's essentially a new governing body and the pga has said if you associate with this new governing body you're banned from all pga events but what liv did was they threw the bag at some of the biggest names in the sport yeah dustin johnson dustin johnson phil mickelson some of the yeah. arguably the biggest names in the sport and they agreed to go with this new governing body and so now the the old they're not allowed with the pga they're not allowed at the masters they're not allowed at the open they're not allowed at all these that days. that's still up for debate that they might be allowed at the majors but they're definitely not allowed at the, As any of of the right tournaments. now they're not yeah and um but my point is, so now it's creating this like team golf. So there's like a lot of these pro golfers are on a team together and they have like a team name and logo and a captain. And they're going to compete in like head to head matchups and stuff like that. And it's like, how many times have we talked about if running did something like that? And I understand they have clubs, Bowerman and 
you know, uh, the on whatever they have different, but it's not really like head to head racing. It's just like the team you represent. But if you took that LIV model and you had like small groups of runners on teams that had like dual meets and had to have matchups like they're trying to do in this, it's like, well, now that, now that is exciting. And then that creates what you were talking about, Steve, that rat, that rampant fandom. It's like, well, if you have an identity and a team and a logo that you root for, and it's like these head to head matchups and creates these rivalries and these people that are going, I mean, it's just a completely different atmosphere. So when I saw that live golf thing, I was like, Oh man, like that. And, and golf is a sport that's like been trying to evolve and trying to grow and trying to appeal much like the, the sport of running is. And it's like, Oh man, I don't know how I feel about it in the world of golf, but like in our world, I think that's something that could be very successful. But yeah, but I, here's the thing, Mike. And I I know this is kind of like a departure from what we've discussed in the past and kind of how we viewed this sport, but I have my sports where my team is King and I have my sports where my, where players are King uh, in terms of like my, my rooting fandom. And um, like, there's been no other, like there's been no better example than like Tom Brady, like there's been no other athlete that I've cared more about, felt more of attachment to, like, just like has been my guy through and through. Like I, there's been most of his career on the Patriots where I felt like I'm, I'm almost like probably more a bigger Tom Brady fan than I am Patriots. But as soon as he leaves, like it becomes pretty clear, like, Oh no, I'm a Patriots fan. Like I love Tom Brady. I'm still a fan, but like, I'm a Patriots fan over this. And like my team fandom's kind of like, born into me and like and and it's like part of like it's almost part of my culture more than anything and so like I have my teams that like that it isn't manufactured like it's just like who I am and then I have my sports where like I get to I get to root for players over teams Mm -hmm. and golf is like the shining example of that like I could care less about teams like I was just saying like I try to get behind Ryder Cup but at the end they like I just like rooting for players. Like I have like my players that I root on, I bet on, like, and I just, I, I, I love the individual aspect of that sport. And I'm starting to come around to like, maybe that's like where I need to land for running. Because when I really think about it, like when I think about the teams and like rooting interest in teams, like it's kind of manufactured because it all comes back to like who the players, who the runners are on those teams. And if they were to switch teams, I'd, I'd, I'd probably switch teams and, and I'd root for that player. I wouldn't have like an, a, like a diehard allegiance to a running team because like, I just don't, I just don't think that can manufacture. I do believe that I do believe like team fandom needs to be cultural. And I just don't think running will be there probably in our lifetime. Yeah. Nah, that's a good point. That, that's a very good point. I do think the golf running comparison is a good one. And, and maybe, maybe that's the way you need to think about it more than trying like than trying to think about the LIV type stuff. That actually brings me full circle to what we were talking about. I brought up Bryson DeChambeau. He's to me like the shining perfect example of this polarizing guy. And I am on the side of, I do not like Bryson DeChambeau. I'm not a Bryson DeChambeau fan at all. I feel very similar to Bryson DeChambeau than I do to um, the, the Cooper tears of the world. And like, this like weird culty hype behind Bryson DeChambeau reminds me of the weird culty hype behind Cooper tier. But 
there are I'm things not on the podcast he's he gonna wash his balls. But but there are things he does hundred percent that make me laugh. There are stupid things that Bryson DeChambeau do, but not that in make not me in laugh. Endearing, not in an endearing way. No, not, sometimes in an no, endearing no, 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 way. No, no, no. You, sometimes you I think you sometimes I think it's like, laugh. oh man, how how it, can it, I hate this a, guy? It is a laughing at him, not no, always. not always. Yes, sometimes he does. Sometimes he does stuff that I'm just like, oh man, like it makes me question, like, man, like how, how can I hate this guy? And then he does something else a couple weeks later. I'm like, oh, that's why I hate this guy. Yeah. I, so a long way to get there, but I stand by, I stand by my takes. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right, we're pretty deep into the podcast here, but we do want to touch on some of the results from pre-classic last week and kind of talk about it. And we want to, you know, we're, we're part of the way through the NCAA championships here, so we want to kind of touch on that quickly. So, uh, Mike, why don't we kick off the running news? All righty, so the, you know, I'd say the marquee event of the pre-classic was the men's mile. You had some huge names, Jakob, Ollie, Chariot, Hawker, Tier, um, Flipping Gabritson, uh, Kipsang, just a slew of huge names. No surprise that Jakob takes the win. Uh, but our guy Ollie comes in second, beats out Tim Chariot, who not that long ago seemed like an unbeatable force. Hawker and Tier go five, six, stacked fields. What do we got from the men's mile? So, yeah, so Jakob is far and away best in the world. Chariot seems to be coming back to earth a little bit, still one of the best in the world, but just kind of, you know, he was on, it was Chariot and and Jakob was kind of nipping his heels, and it seemed like those two guys were almost superhuman. We talked about it with Danny Mackey a couple months ago, but it seemed like those guys were superhuman and everybody else was just kind of competing for third chariot seems to be coming back down to earth a little bit, um, which is kind of opening up the field a little bit and, and just kind of begs the question, like, you know, I know he's young, but you know, will Jakob come back down to earth a little bit? And, and, you know, in general, I think like the 1500 to the mile is super exciting right now because I think for like, for a good period of time there, it was the mile 1500 was like, it was like a purely tactical race. Like when, when, um, when Centrowitz won gold, he needed to run like a perfect tactical race. Now it's at the point where it's like, now Jakob's going to like run away with it, but you need to run not only a perfectly tactical race, but you need to be all out every single step of the way, like Josh Kerr was in the Olympics. He needed to run like a perfect tactical race and run his ass off. Like all he did at pre-classic, like tactically you need to be flawless, but there's no let up. Like there's, you have to, from the, from the second the gun goes, it's all out in on top of like making your race perfectly tactical. So I think we're at a really, really fun place in the, in the, this kind of like mid distance mile, 1500 meter event where you, you know, you know, you have a standout, but there's a lot of really, really great runners that are, that are, that are all in contention for a podium spot. And they're, 
really, really good at their craft. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see Ollie and Josh Kerr race Jakob as many times as they possibly can, right? Like the more comfortable you get racing him, uh, the more you start to like understand his tendencies, the more you just kind of get experience racing at that level. It's going to happen eventually. One of those two guys is if you, they race him enough is going to nab him once. I think once you get him one time, that could be what you need to like, I don't know whether it's like your confidence or uh, something clicks or whatever, but it could just be like that one time to push you over the edge and open the floodgates. We saw that happen with Jakob and Chariot where it was like Chariot was a world beater. Nobody could touch him. Jakob got him one time. And then since then it's just been pure dominance by him. So I just want to see those guys race him and put him to the challenge, like literally any chance that they possibly can. I hate that Josh wasn't in this race. Yeah, it would have been unbelievable if Josh was in this race. That would have been like the perfect field. All right, Mike, going back to what we just discussed, you have, we're just going to say it's, it's blanketed. It's just a straight across blanket going into the last turn. And you have Cole Hawker, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Ollie Hoare, Josh Kerr. What is your, what do you hope the podium is? Say that one more time. Who is it? Cole Hawker, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Ollie Hoare, Josh Kerr. As a fan, like our last conversation, what do you hope the podium is with those four guys? We'll just say blanket across, across the straightaway. They're all dead even going, coming out of the last turn. Yeah, I probably want Ollie, Josh, Cole. In that order? Yeah. I'm going to go Josh, Ollie, Jakob. You still want Jakob over Cole? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Jakob finishes off the podium. It's a fluke. He had a terrible day. Something happened. He was sick. He was injured. He finishes on the podium. It gives more credit to our boys, Ollie and, and, and Kurt. Fair enough. What's your reasoning for Josh over Ollie? Um, like Josh is our guy, man. I know all he is too. How many times? How many times you've been hammered at a bar with? Yeah, that's true. I just have had less opportunities with Ollie. Well, I feel like Josh. I I hear you. I hear. I just feel like Ollie's so OG. And Josh is pretty OG. He's pretty OG. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel a special connection. We should have with Josh on next episode. All right. Let's have him on next episode. Let's see if we can get right. him on. Next Hit him up. Yeah, have we had him on since he meddled? No. Damn. Yeah, I'll let's get him on. I'll shoot him, I'll shoot him a text tonight. Uh, all right. Um, Sinclair takes fourth in the women's 15. Finishing behind. Oh, man, you guys made me say these. I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it. Three huge. Uh, woman names Faith Kipiegon takes the win, but Sinclair seems to be getting her swagger back. Sinclair's got her swagger back, and it was, um, you know, I, I think we we saw like her, she had like a crazy peak, like coming out of like we talked about it a lot, like coming out of the national championships, like kind of through that summer, like and she kind of just had this like crazy, crazy rise to like dominance in her event, but it kind of tailed off, and you just like you know 
it can happen to runners. Like when you have a crazy peak and you come down, you just never come back. And like, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I, we love Sinclair, like Sinclair, you want to talk about an OG, like, you know, die hard two crew, like Sinclair is that. And like, we're fans, but like, you know, we just, we needed to see her bounce back and she bounced back. She's got her swagger back. Um, you know, I don't want to take away from the crazy fast times that were run in this race. Cause it were, because I know we're spending a lot of time talking about the fourth place finisher, but you know, going back to our conversation early in this podcast, like we, we care about the USA runners quite a bit. And, um, just to kind of see her in there competing, running sub four, like I'm pretty pumped for. Uh, so this meet the pre-classic. I, I still don't really know if this was a new thing, if they've done this in the past. Again, my ignorance is showing. Uh, blame it on the Celtics. Um, but they did the 10K men's and women's like U.S. championships for here. So the, the world qualifying was at this race instead of, you know, separately at the, the trials. Um, wild move. Yeah, wild move. And like I said, I don't really know if like there's a precedence for that or not. We, but we brainstormed a couple ideas. The best I could come up with was that they that they wanted to avoid the heat of the summer and and take uh you know take advantage of like the 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 spring temps. Yeah, I think that was a good one. And just like giving people a better chance to double up, I guess, like trying to keep them fresh for for doubles, trying to get the best possible teams. I don't really and care for as I, I remember, really as I remember both you and Trent, I was for this and, and you and Trent were against yeah, it. I don't I don't really care for it. I would rather I mean at worlds they're gonna have to race in heat, race back to back. I mean, I don't know. I I get the idea of like if somebody has it. the capability to make multiple teams, or you know, why why would you take that chance away from them? Yeah, I don't think you're taking it away from them. I mean, that that's the environment that somebody has in the worlds. Yeah, that's fair. But whatever, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Shocking is not the word I want to use, but I was at least surprised that Joe Klecker, our guy, takes down Grant Fisher, also our guy. Um, but Grant Fisher's just been so, so, so good lately, and it just felt like he was like, the absolute like um you know model of american distance running right now and since the olympics this is you know the the first big trial the first world qualifier to see him get beat by joe klecker like i said it's not, i'm not shocked because joe klecker is obviously awesome um and like up and coming and crushing it right now but you know i definitely wouldn't have bet against grant no, no. And, and, you know, as hot as Grant has been, like, like it didn't shock me. And this is only a compliment to like Grant and it, it's only a compliment to like the state of like men's 10 K in the United States right now. Like it doesn't shock me that he lost to Joe Klecker just because I think that they're both they It's so great to have like two young guys, like, leading the charge like coming out of college and committing to the 10k right away not as like not as like an exit strategy from the track world because mm -hmm. i feel like you know a decade two decades ago it was okay you run the mile 5k uh and eventually you make your way to the 10k as like you know a, a, a kind of a forgot about event they came out of college and they said nope we're gonna dedicate 
our talent to the 10K. And I think that the USA 10K is in such a good spot because of those two guys. And I think that they're going to go back and forth and compete for a long time. And it's really, really exciting to have both of them in there. So, um, you know, I think it got a little tactical towards the end and it just, they both got it out. And Joe Klecker just had a, a, had a, had a, had a little bit, um, uh, had, had just a little bit more than Grant, but I don't think it takes away from where Grant is at right now. I just think it just, it, it more speaks to how, like how impressive of a race it was from Joe Klecker than anything. Mm-hmm. On the woman's side, uh, Krista Schweizer, Alicia Monson, Natasha Rogers. Those are your one, two, three. That's the teams that's going to worlds. Um, you know, the, race up front really good race between Schweizer and Munson Schweizer takes it in the end um and then you know kind of it was them two duking it out and then further back Rogers comes in to take that last spot I think it was Trent talking about last time kind no, it of me. it was you all right well then I'll yeah, leave so, the, I mean, the floor it, for you yeah I think that I mean this is this is the story of the pre-classic is Natasha Rogers where you know back in 2000. 12 i believe at the trials she finished third she she was she was i didn't even think she was still in college at the time but uh she ran an incredible 10k gutted it out fought like hell to get a third place finish at the at the trials but she fell just short of the standard and she didn't have the standard so here she is crossing the finish line at the trials thinking she's going to the olympics but she didn't get to go to the olympics because she didn't have the standard and she's been pretty much been gutting it out fighting for the past decade to get back to kind of where she was and get an opportunity. And this is her, this is her first USA team that she's ever been on when at the beginning of her career, she, you know, it, it looked like she was going to the Olympics and it got taken away from her. And um, she's been, she's literally been fighting and grinding it out for a decade um, to, to get this opportunity. And she, now she's got, She's got a USA singlet. She looks like she's running amazing. She looks like she's a contender for, for the next Olympic team. So uh, Natasha Rogers pre-classic is the story of the pre-classic for me. All right. And that kind of wraps up what we want to talk about for pre-classic. Uh, let's talk quickly NCAA championships. Um, I do want to do like a full recap after it's all we'll done. Do that next week for sure. Yeah, but I, we're, we're only a day and a half into this. They're still competing now. So the results are really slim. Uh, only really two results I want to um, just mention. We don't even need to break them down right now. Um, but the 10K, I think, is the only championship that's happened to this point. And uh, Dylan Jacobs, who was kind of like a high school superstar a few years back, takes the championship. Again, like that's kind of what I mean. And again, Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame. So shout, shout out Trent. Um but uh, the this is in uh, who was it? Alex Mayer was second. So I know these are like two huge high school names. But this kind of was talking about was like I do a little bit of research into who these two guys were. From being completely honest, which it reminds me, like, all right, we got a fresh crop of college kids. I know they're like sophomore, junior, but like I got I got to get back on my game because I got comfy like knowing the college stars that we had and kind of kind of falling behind a little bit. Uh, the other big story was uh, the collegiate record holder Kip Sang in the 1500. Uh, I guess, you know, there's like a curse for 
for having this record. There's been a couple times when this has happened now, but uh, took the took the collegiate record fastest 1500 of all time, and then doesn't make the finals. That is a tough, tough look. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't even know what to say about that. It's like. Is it well at, at so, that point is like the pressure on, you know what I mean? It's like everyone expects something from the collegiate record holder and the pressure just kind of, you kind of collapse under it a little bit. Mike, I think it goes back to what I was just saying about like the state of the 1500 mile right now. It's like, in addition to running like a really, really fast race, you tactically have to be perfect. And um, it's like when you're running rounds, when you're running, like you have to like qualify for the next round, like that's super stressful. And to know that you can't like, you can't, and especially if you're the favorite, like you can't burn yourself. Like you got to save yourself for the final and you got to run tactically. You got to be smart. And you know, if, you know, if you, if you slip up in any way, you're not even going to get a chance to win a national championship. So it's just like, what's making what's making that event so amazing right now is also making it like really hard to just to win oh, yeah. you know yeah and i think uh complacency right it's like when you're in those rounds and in the trials and uh, so often we see people who are just doing enough the favorites of just doing enough to get to the next round not trying to spend themselves uh but it's a little bit of a reminder and complacency right it's like you still got to get there if you want to win the damn thing you still got to get there the runners are like the the, those mid-distance runners are so freaking good right now that it's just like yeah you positions everything and unless you have the ability to just like run from the front and you know and, and just say like you know i'm just a more gifted you know stronger athlete than everybody else on this track right now unless you have that ability it's like a lot of things have to like a lot of luck has to play in your favor to, to even win around, even when, even to get to the finals at this point. Yeah. So that, but that's like why said, it's a race. That's why they run the race. That's why they don't run the race. You run the race. So yeah, I think we'll do next week or whenever we record next, we'll do the full NCAA recap. I'm going to, I, like I said, the uh, Celtics, we're using an excuse, but I, that, 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 that is my promise. I love outdoor NCAAs. I promise I will dive in. I will make sure I'm ready to to sling it a little bit come come the next step. So that's my promise to the to the crew. Unless we're doing a live podcast from a parade from a parade next week. Uh yeah, then then we'll see. Yeah. But all right, hey, we gotta wrap up the episode with what we tried to wrap up the episode on last week and this is the iowa high school state meet um so i sent the video to you and 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 what what made us realize that we weren't recording was uh, i wanted to get a live reaction to this video so if you just go on and you google i so google 2022 iowa uh let's see it would be what 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 division is this it's it's um Oops! If you Google 2022 Iowa State track for a boys 800 meter DQ, you can get this video. Now, what happened in this race? It was the finals. Um, there was a uh, j- lot of jostling at the at the break. 
this kid comes from the outside, starts, you know, starts fighting with the kid on the first lane who established position on the first lane, the kid in the first lane, pushed him out, refused to let him elbow his way into first, first lane. And he kind of pushed him away and he ends up punching this kid in the back of the head kid in front of him goes down like a ton of bricks. Um, and, and when it, the kid that got that got hit in the back of the head and went down was then later allowed to run this race as a time trial and see where his time, his time fit into, into the, uh, the finishing times. And because of that, with his time trial, he ended up finishing third in the state. So a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I got pretty defensive of the kid that punched the kid in the back of the head because, you know, I, I think that he established position in the first lane and his, his rhythm got completely thrown off. Like the kid, the kid who was trying to work his way, the kid that ended up getting punched was, was being too aggressive and, and arguably had a DQ before he got punched in the back of the head. Um, so go watch this. It's a little less funny without having Mike and Trent's live reaction, but this kid goes down like a ton of bricks. Oh my God. He, he gets rocked. And like, listen, I am all for physical racing. I love, um, you know, when it gets a little chippy out there on the track, I think that's like part of the beauty of, of this sport is when it gets like that and the, the pure competitive nature. Um, so th- this dude, clearly deserve some retribution whether it was shove throw some elbows cut them off like whatever like give him hell during the race steve the the absolute like I'm rocky watching I'm, I'm the, watching the, the, the rocky balboa like hook to the back of the head i'm watching pro- right now pro- probably kid, a bit much probably kid, a bit much this kid flopped he embellished this a little bit i mean he got i, I think so the, the, the kid's got a man bun Man bun flopped a little bit. Oh, I'm what Mike, are you watching this right now? He I've watched flopped. it. I've he, watched it. He flopped. He he I mean, he takes a, a swing to the listen, back of the head. Listen, when you're to run a fast 800, you need to get into a killer mindset, right? And you've been training all you've been probably training the past four years for this moment to compete in this meet. And you have to get into this mindset and Listen, if a kid tried to do that to me, I would have thrown him. I, I'm not saying I would have punched him, but I would have thrown him so far on the infield. I would have done something, right? And so all I'm saying is I kind of sympathize with the kid that punched the kid in the back of the head. That's all I'm saying. What I don't sympathize with is even though I am probably on the side of uh, – I'm definitely on the side of you can't be punching people on the track. The uh, time trial – run afterwards to get you you cannot do that especially in an 800 meter when this race is so tactical and all about position and listen i get it the dude got punched in the back of the head but he also like could like you said could have just been like straight up dq'd it wasn't like he was there was no fault there to allow him to run a time trial and have that like imagine you're the fourth place guy imagine you're the fourth place guy who who misses out on the podium because this clown gets to to do a time trial and doesn't actually have to race you like that you cannot that cannot be the solution like and save us something else say he got like flat tired and you know he lost his shoe and he fell because he lost his shoe he doesn't get to run a time trial. absolutely not it's like that's that's how the cookie crumbles that's it it's some sometimes stuff like that happens in sports so that's an insane i would argue argue in the 800 you got to be able to take a punch and keep going (laughs) I guess so. 
I guess uh, it, it's an insane way to handle that situation. I guess it's a little bit of an unprecedented situation where it's like, if you're the track officials, it's like, oh, didn't think I was going to have to deal with uh, someone yeah. getting punched in the rocked in the back of the head when I came to work today. So yeah, a little bit unprecedented, but I still hate, 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 hate that solution. Go watch the video. Give us your take. Let us know what you think. So, all right, Mike, why don't we kick off the bell app? Mike, what do you got people on the bell app? Uh, on my run the other day, I was running downtown um, in the town I live in. And I live in, there's a historic downtown with some cool stuff. So you sometimes get some tourists come and, and take a look. And I have my headphones in. I'm running. I get stopped mid-run by some older woman um, and her husband to take a picture of them in downtown stopping somebody while they're in the middle of their run headphones in in everything is the most insane move crazy move and like i i've thought about it since and i think it would not even have been rude of me to have just blown by her and not i would have never stopped thing. Not a chance it would have stopped in the middle of my run i was so caught off guard that i couldn't believe that somebody was asking me to do this and like put up their hands and stop me from running that I was like, didn't have time to process. I was so deep in it that I just took the picture and went on my way, but I'm still like a little rattled by that move. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm just remembering now we didn't talk about the, uh, the, the Baldy five mile you accurately described my vision of heaven. Um, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> that, next. Was an, that was another amazing that was yeah that was beautiful maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that next week um shout out joe rand uh for his strong race at the baldy five miler um i'll just finish it by saying fuck you draymond and uh <laughs> sorry your delicate sensibilities were hurt clay and uh celtics in five let's uh it's all about number 18 let's go baby celtics of the balls celtics of the balls all right. The Athletic Integrity Unit is at my door, and I got to go get a burrito. Mike, hit me with the joke. Josie's on a vacation far away, so come around and talk it over. There's so many things that I won't say. You know I love my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love. Here we go. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Uh, wait a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God damn it! All right, here. Everyone, everyone. Hey everyone, and welcome back. How do I start this fucking thing? 
think it's like um everyone welcome back to whereabouts that again yeah here we go 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 <laughs> that'll be a good that'll be a good one. Thanks, hey, <laughs> here we go here we go here we go <laughs>